0: Hey everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, all of the big moments in life come with training, right? We take a driver's ed test before we get our license, we go to college before landing a job. So why do most of us end up with no extra education before one of life's biggest moments? Marriage. Marriage education. We're talking about it after the news.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Lawmakers in Washington, D.C., grilled Attorney General Eric Holder today about both the IRS targeting of conservative groups and the seizure of Associated Press phone records. Holder says his number, two made the decision to subpoena the records without him. The man accused of kidnapping three Cleveland women and holding them captive in his home for over 10 years will plead not guilty, according to his lawyers. Ariel Castro's defense says the media has portrayed him as a monster before the whole story is told. A New York judge has given his approval to try a New Jersey man who has confessed to the 1979 Eton Pates murder. At the time of his death, Pates was just six years old. NASA's Kepler spacecraft, which is currently in orbit searching for other Earth-like planets, has run into mechanical trouble. After spotting two potentially habitable planets last month, officials are now concerned emergency repairs have only a 50 percent chance for success. O.J. Simpson is back in court once again to appeal his 2008 armed robbery conviction for a second time. Simpson says his attorney's legal advice is what got him convicted. If the appeal is rejected again, the former NFL star will be eligible for parole in five years. World news. Israeli military leaders say they may strike targets inside Syria again in order to keep dangerous weapons out of the hands of Hezbollah militants. Syrian leaders have responded to the threats with a promise to retaliate if attacked again. France has slipped back into recession after the entire Eurozone economy shrank more than expected in the first quarter of the year. It's the first decline for France in four years. And the American citizen convicted of crimes against the state in North Korea began a 15-year sentence in a hard labor prison today. He is one of three devout Christians detained in North Korea in recent years. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program every day to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives, healthier, happier love. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, we got a great show for you. We're talking marriage education. Did you get an education before your marriage or did the education only come after you were married? And then you're like, oh man, if I had only known, if I had only known it would be this hard. My first year of marriage was one of the most difficult years of my life. And not because things weren't great, but it was just, it's hard to get used to people that um, don't do things right. (laughs) Just kidding. That don't do things your way, you know, like, come on. Towels can be left on the floor. They can dry on the floor. Just as easily as they can dry on a rack
2: or whatever. I mean, floor's dry, right? Right. Floors are, well, they're Flo- dry until you put a wet towel yeah, on Yeah, well, that. and then, you know.
0: Yeah. Have you guys had marriage education yet? Any of you?
2: I've had, like, the reverse of it. Non-marriage education? <laughs> no, no,
0: no. More like,
2: more like, I've been able to watch every, I shouldn't say everyone's, I've been able to watch marriages dismantle around me and just Have like, Have you just like, come unglued? glued? Don't do that.
0: Yeah, that was bad. Don't do that. I mean, it's a hard thing because... Everyone thinks marriage should be natural, right? It's just natural. You just go get married, and then you'll just figure it out because you love each other, and you have that ooey gooey warm feeling for each other. You're not yawning, are you, Merritt? I was about to. Merritt's about to yawn every time she, you, she yawns right at the top of every show, I and then I get all this sleepy. Time. I was proud. Did you see that?
3: Yeah.
0: I, I I'm just trying to help you. I know. You need I, more sleep. I do.
3: I do need more. But see, sleep.
0: now it's in summer, so you should get some sleep.
3: No, that means it's lighter later and there are more exciting things to do. It's no. warm outside.
0: No, you We're need to focus fine. and get sleep. We're going to start doing a little sleep test with you every day <laughs> and find out how many, how many, so how many hours did you get last night?
3: Last night, um, six.
0: Okay, wrong. <laughs> you need 12.
3: Oh, that sounds nice.
0: Have you ever had 12 hours? Could you sleep 12 hours? I
3: have. I could definitely sleep 12 hours.
0: I'm skilled. How long do you sleep, BT?
2: I get about five hours a night. Five I hours? I don't sleep much.
0: Why? I don't need to. Video games. It's that darn video games. Those,
2: those video games that I'm not playing, they're still keeping me it's up.
0: It's that rock and
2: roll music that they play <laughs> in your apartment.
0: Uh, really? Five hours? That's not right.
2: No. It, eh, whether it's right or not, I it works. It's going to stunt your growth. <laughs> That's not a bad thing at this point though.
3: My theory is I just wake up too early So the staying up late isn't a problem It's the fact that I have to go to work early in the morning So if I could just sleep in until 10 every day This wouldn't be a problem
0: Yeah, but so um, couldn't you adjust that by going to bed earlier?
3: I, know. I, no. I'm not Bryce changing is, my but,
2: lifestyle Did Bryce just yawn? I Are always
0: you yawn
3: yawning? You just Sheesh. haven't noticed dies.
0: this is weird I don't know, my jaw seems tingly now Now I need to like open it and <laughs> Push air out. No, not doing it. Can I ask a question? Please do. Please, yeah.
2: Is it more important to sleep for like eight-hour inter- intervals or just get the same amount of sleep, like five hours of sleep for a week or like eight one day, five one day, three one day? You no, heard it's worse yeah, I think that
0: messes, make it sporadic. Yeah. Let's ask Robbie because no, no, Robbie knows. So, Robbie's so I'm a big advocate.
4: Expert. One of the perks of working on an afternoon show is there's no rush out the door in the morning. So – I don't set an alarm. I point my bed facing the sunshine so it wakes me up-ish. But I found, like clockwork, no matter what time I go to bed, I wake up almost to the minute eight hours later. Do you really? Yeah. You get eight hours. and it's, But usually no more. So even Saturday comes, you think, oh, I'm really going to sleep in today. Wow. No, you still get eight hours.
0: I get seven hours, six hours, six and a half hours. It's pitiful. But I go to bed at midnight. And I get up at 6 because my kids come in to go to school. And they pretend to quietly get ready in our bathroom.
2: They, they pretend to quietly get ready or they yeah. fail to quietly get ready? Well, they're
0: pretending and they're failing. And it wakes me up. But, you know, you love them, whatever. Okay, I guess that's part of being a dad. But, you know, Merritt, seriously, you got to fix this. This is going to kill you.
3: I'll have to work on that. Because
0: you're going to yawn in the middle of a date. That's this that, is. That would be I'm tragic. giving you relationship education. There we go. Because the guys are going to think you're bored because you keep yawning, but you're not bored. You're just like you're never bored on the show. You're just thinking, but then you're tired because you got five hours of sleep.
3: Yeah, it's true.
0: Okay, we're fixing that.
3: Okay, I'll Bryce, work on
0: help it. us here. Okay, get on that.
2: I'm I'm going to say you know yawning on a date. That's like try harder. That's like yeah, make you more even, exciting. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good thing. I think it's a good plan. Do. De- Right? You're like, hey, hey. I'm
3: more. just raising the bar. That's right? all. Okay,
0: but First exactly. of all, always watch your sources. Okay. So guess, <laughs> look where you're getting this information. This is the guy that wants to go to Mars alone. So yawning on a date is a brilliant plan if you want to end up on Mars by yourself.
3: You know, sometimes that doesn't sound so bad. I just.
0: I have a feeling Bryce is going to get married within a year because mm. he's so kind of against it, but he's not totally against it.
2: <laughs> um, so what am I? Am I? You're just. Am I or? Am I, I think you say you dying.
0: are. Your mouth says no, but everything else about you is like for sure. Yes. I'm getting married. <laughs> please,
4: please. Well, anyway, well, what it'll be? He'll land in a relationship as a joke. It's like, oh well, <laughs> I'm not really trying to. I'm date dating her, her, but I'm just, just joking. I mean, like we're just like oh, yeah. she laughs. She's like, ha ha, we're dating. I'm like, ha ha, we're dating. But and then suddenly, not dating. I'm dating fifty, and then. <laughs> time you know 10 11 months goes by and you start to go well Where's the home? why aren't you know and so next thing you know you you're married you know it just happen?
0: where then all of a sudden you're like what happened to me where's my beautiful hold it i'm on mars how did i get here problem solved problem solved <laughs> except it's permanent um we're talking relationships. So it seems, I mean, even like that example we were just giving about dating, Rob was giving, it's, we're going to date and then you have no idea who you've married. You think you know. So we, but you don't know. So we want to get you ready for when it's really time, you know, when you got to actually make a marriage work. The easy part is to like make the wedding happen. And everyone spends all their time and energy on money on, Getting the bouquet and the flowers right, but eventually you want your wedding, your marriage to last longer than your wedding bouquet, right?
3: That's That would be the ideal.
0: Boom! Yeah. That's why we need marriage education. Our own Merit has been doing some research on this.
3: I have. So if we think back into the past of what marriage was like, maybe like early 1800s. My
0: past or your past?
3: I, You know, I don't have a past with okay. marriage, but... I mean, like 1800s, the far past, right? The past okay, of humanity. Yeah, that's a lot bigger.
0: There, that people weren't going anywhere.
3: No, and it was interesting because it was kind of more of a contract. Like a man would marry a woman so they could have children. Once yeah. a man was financially stable, and it was more like
2: it all seems very practical.
0: Yeah, I mean, like we're we,
3: going to have cohabitation so that we can
2: survive.
0: Yeah, survive and co-thrive. Exactly. Yeah,
2: co-thrive. But I really like that. I like that,
3: that. Yeah, I like that. that
4: too. Well, not to mention the rent is so high if you can yeah. let that down a little bit.
5: Yeah,
3: Yeah, but – so I think that's kind of changed our idea. of That has changed in the past few years. But we've also seen the dramatic increase in divorce. Well,
0: by the way, now we want romance. I guess they wanted romance back then, but some of it was like
3: –
2: I think it was letter. secondary to survival. So I it's need like, to survive. Hey, this isn't romantic, but like I can't see my ribs, so we're
0: doing yeah. good. <laughs> we, back then, we, I mean, we want connection. We want transcendence.
3: Well, and I think that our level of what romantic actually is has gone up a lot because of yeah. the media and our access to everything. Well, and we have strawberries if a Jane dipped in chocolate. Novel, it's like, oh my gosh, he looked at me. Exactly. We're in love, and that's yeah. like the best possible thing that could ever sounds happen. heavenly. I sure, know. like I wish that's all you had to do. Now it would be a lot simpler. But
4: <laughs> I blame Tom Hanks.
2: <laughs>
3: He's ruined it. Tom Hanks.
4: No no guy can ever live up to I there. I can't
2: be him. <laughs> I'm
0: or trying. So
4: I don't have a script writer telling me witty things to say. Second,
3: I'm blonde. Is I that mean, bad? I, I, yeah.
0: Do brunettes have more fun?
4: Well, Tom Hanks isn't blonde.
0: I you love Tom, Tom a Hanks.
3: It's the tall, dark, and handsome ideal.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it's not real. So you're saying times have changed. So yeah. if times have changed...
3: So divorce rates have gone up. The marriage
0: up. contract has kind of changed.
3: Yeah. So... Even while divorce rates have gone – so the divorce rate has stayed about 50, at about 50 percent for right. t- over 20 years. And during those 20 years, the number of marriage counselors and therapists oh, yeah. have just gone up and Boom. up and up. And yet the divorce rate has stayed the same. So it's obviously not mm. doing as much as we think. And, um, but gym I'd-
0: trainers have also gone up. <laughs> so maybe with more gym trainers, it's affecting the divorce rate. <laughs> maybe not.
3: You could probably draw some really, I bet you, you know,
0: <laughs> plastic surgery's also gone up.
5: Hmm. Hmm.
3: Anyway. Anyway, in one of the articles I was reading, um, Diane Soley was saying the author of the article was saying that this is because therapists are taught to kind of thrive on the idea of divorce, to do divorce mediation, to help people after they've already divorced, and their kids who are messed up uh-huh. after his divorce. So it's kind of this market. And instead, what needs to happen is that, well, is that couples get educated on how to deal with disagreement because couples who are married and stay happy and together report in different studies that they have the same number of disagreements and they disagree about the same things. So they just get through it. They
0: just know how to manage it. So it's interesting because like a lot of psychology is about it's about yourself. It's about it's kind of self-centric. It's about your psyche. It's about your how life in the world impacts you. Marriage, though, on the other hand, it's at some point you got to be about us. You know, about we're going to make this. And so your psyche's impacting me. Let me sh- let me help you get feedback on that. You please be willing to take the feedback. It's it's complicated. It's so much more complicated than maybe just a therapist. There was a study done. Um, that what is his name? He is, oh, Doherty, Bill Doherty, uh, who's a great, huge uh, marriage relationship kind of expert, marriage educator expert. He talked about the fact that 80% of counselors say they do marriage therapy, but only 12% of them are certified in marriage and family therapy. So all counselors say they do marriage counseling, but marriage and family therapy is different because they learn family system, family dynamic. You learn how to deal with the duality with two people where most counseling isn't really adept or, or isn't, doesn't go into as much training about systems for a du, uh, you know a dyad.
4: How hard could it be? Business counseling, marriage counseling, it's the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit
4: different. You know, you're having trouble getting the deal through. The shareholders don't want to uh, approve the merger. So you come in as a counselor to get that happening. That's the same thing as a you know, husband and wife fighting over taking out the trash. You no. just got to get the deal through.
2: It's not a deal. I don't know. I don't know. That logic seems solid. <laughs>
0: seems, from yeah. the single gallery, it seems to totally, It <laughs> makes sense to me. Well, okay. if it's a business deal too, financially, it's a great idea, right? But hey. in marriage, it's not about finances. Sometimes it's about you should know what I need you to do. You should feel it in your heart and do it because you know. You should
2: feel it like magic.
0: I shouldn't have to tell you what to do. You should, if you love me, you would know. Okay, now that's just hard. Because what if you really don't know?
2: What if I'm not magic?
0: What if I'm not a leprechaun?
2: Exactly.
0: That's magically delicious. (laughs) What if I'm not? Then I have to figure it out or you have to communicate it better and I got to pick up my game. That's the dyad. That's why marriage education is so important.
3: Yeah. So I, I have a little quiz for you, Matt. Oh, boy. And you're probably Let's a quiz little... Bryce, too. Cause... Yeah, because I think Matt might be kind of overqualified. <clears throat> I think I've-
2: And I, mean... I might be a little underqualified. Ooh, so maybe so. This Statistically, we're like right in the middle. Okay, ready? Yes. Ready
3: for this? Okay. This is this quiz is called, What's What's Your Relationship IQ? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Number one.
3: The number one predictor of divorce is, A, ongoing disagreement over money and financial issues. B, the habitual avoidance of conflict, or C, yelling and screaming during fights.
2: I'm going to go with uh, D, getting married. D, getting married, <laughs> is the number one cause of divorce. Your your move, Matt. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, but that
2: wasn't in there. You can't add to the list.
3: Nope.
2: I'm going to go with A. I'm
3: going to scream over money and financial issues. What do you say, Matt?
2: I would say what was B?
3: The habitual avoidance of conflict. What was C? Yelling and screaming during fights.
0: What was A? <laughs> Ongoing disagreement.
3: over money. This is a
0: good uh, quiz. Uh, the number one predictor of divorce is, I would say, B.
3: Matt is right. No.
4: B! Are, are you sure? Because yelling and screaming during fights is the scariest, See, so, or
0: the most likely. Well, but so it is the scariest, but then the inevitable outcome of that, if not abuse is two people that are withdrawn. So if you push yelling long enough, it just ends up with two people that don't talk. And that's one of the biggest predictors of divorce.
3: Yeah. Or you yell and you actually fix something by yeah, yelling. Which is rare. Yeah. But
0: Yeah. But so so conflict, normal. Yeah. Fighting or withdrawing, killer.
3: Well and I think that maybe that that kind of idea that yelling and screaming would be the bad thing is it, we see it in movies. It's like the little kid who's hiding in the corner, yeah. his parents are fighting, and then they get divorced. Yep. So that's what we think. So maybe people aren't aware of that, that if they're avoiding their conflict, you're they're not, probably not loving each other enough to work it out.
0: It. Excellent. Give okay, us another ready? one.
3: Number two, couples that go the distance, whose marriages are successful, have fewer disagreements about three core issues. Intercourse, money, and housework. True or false?
2: Bryce. I'm going to go with. False. Right.
3: Yep. That's right. kind of maybe gave that away earlier. But,
0: but. couples, it's not the problem those problems don't make or break your marriage. Your inability to handle those problems make or break the air the marriage.
3: Exactly. Bing, bing, bing. Couldn't say better. Do
0: one more. This is fun. Bryce okay. is good.
3: Number three.
0: Not even married, uh, Bryce. You
3: know what I'm going to skip that one. We kind of covered that. Sorry. This that's, is like it's tense. I like
0: I'm scary for Bryce. Um, I've
2: only gotten one out of two, so let's not... Well, this is the deal breaker. You blow this one, you're never getting married, we'll call Mars.
3: (laughs) When discussing a problem or disagreement, it is important to... A, keep feelings out of the discussion and try to stick to the facts. B, be sure that you can accurately state your partner's position, including his or her feelings and fears about the issue being discussed. Or C... Focus on practical solutions on solving the problem. Too much discussion can sidetrack.
5: You.
2: <laughs> That's hard. Um, this is a really good quiz. Like usually, it's like
5: no, yeah, what, a what destroys
2: a marriage: um, punching each other or um, <laughs> you know, not making enough sandwiches. Like mm, I <laughs> yeah. wonder which one it is. Yeah. This is really good. This is hard. Um, I, I, I kind of I felt better about B.
3: B. Be sure that you can accurately state at your partner's position. I'd say B. You got it right. Yay. There we go. Yeah, for there sure. Because
0: A was what? Oh, avoiding feelings. No. It was, feelings yeah. are fine. Let feelings them in. But you got to understand them. And C, C was
3: practicing only on the practical. And working to
0: solutions. See, so by the way, that, if you notice, that even has like gender almost stereotyping. The it's the true. We always have to talk about your feelings and you're always crying. Oh, my word. Quit crying. That's kind of the female one. A B or C was the guy who only wants to solve like, it. Let's just let's move it to solution. Yeah. But the, problem, the issue is it doesn't matter if you solve it. We have to understand it. Don't ever solve a problem you don't understand.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, your like, mouth. I like the idea that it says that you, can, you have to know what your partner is thinking and uh-huh. so.
0: Instead of assuming and, and interpreting. Assuming. Oh, the, see, this is why we do marriage education. So on the show today, we're going to be bringing in Dr. Jamie Turndorf, who is a marriage educator. And she teaches us how how to kind of fight fairly, I guess is a great way to put it. How to fight in an effective way or how to have a discussion and get that understanding out. She's going to teach us about fighting traps that we tend to fall into, how to train your brain to fight for your relationship. She'll be coming up with us uh, after this next break. We're going to take a break now, though. Come back. I think um, Bryce is going to educate us, do a little rant for us, and then we're going to get on with Jamie Turndorf. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: The latest new invention down on the farm is self-heating chickens. We'll give you the straight poop on how it works.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: Tria Systems is a small company with a big idea for poultry farmers. Farm-raised chickens are raised in large barns which need expensive heating in cold weather, usually from bottled gas. Tria System uses the chickens' own waste products to generate most of the heat required. When you raise a lot of chickens, they generate a lot of waste, which is usually stored in some kind of shed for processing. The natural breakdown process of this waste works like a compost pile, generating heat well over 100 degrees. Tria Systems captures this naturally occurring heat using recirculating fluid and underground pipes. The warmed fluid runs to heat exchangers in the chicken coops and back out to the waste storage unit. Combined with solar thermal collectors on the barn roof, the poultry operation can be self heating all winter long without any additional heat source, except the chickens themselves. The waste eventually winds up as fertilizer for crops, some of which may end up as chicken feed again. Such cogeneration projects are models for more sustainable agricultural operations down the road, or across it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy
7: Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Having knowledge about medical advice is never a bad thing. It'll be a -a one-of-a-kind
2: opportunity for you to achieve mega health. Ron Hager joins us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern to share insider info and commentary from the world of health and wellness. It's common
4: sense. It's prudence. It's doing things that are moderate, that are balanced, that have variety,
2: not just with the things you eat, but the way you exercise and other things that you might be doing. Tuesdays on The Morning Show, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about marriage education, the importance of learning the skills you need in your marriage. It's not enough to just be married, and it's not enough to have a great attorney. Those are the two, like the the wedding and the attorney, those are two different ends of the spectrum. Somewhere in between, you need to learn to talk, to deal with issues, to deal with your differences. And our own Bryce Tobin is going to take on the idea of the, I guess, the
2: marital fight, because you like the fight. I think that's the best part of a relationship. It might not be the most enjoyable. Hold on, really? Like, what about, like, the kissing? I mean, that's good. Like, that's nice. Well, you'd rather have a fight?
1: Oh, As, that's
0: messed up. You know what? You're going to be, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have makeup kissing just because you had the fight. You love the fight. You'll never want to kiss her again. You're just going to be mean. Oh, well, I guess I'll try not to be, I don't guess. Need to come down on you already. <laughs> Let's go uh, check out Bryce's thoughts about fighting.
2: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. I like a good fight. I mean, I'm not dumb enough to go starting fights, but non-physical fights about less than important things, as long as everything stays civil, they're great because you're finally really communicating. But let me set this up for you. A major part of functional relationships is putting up with little irritations. No matter the relationship, there are going to be things that bother you. And you can make everything a big deal, but in the long run, it's better to just let some things go. And we do this because we like to save face. And we'll maintain this status quo as the pressure builds in a little dance of social compliance. But then something will happen. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. The rage will build up and you'll snap. You'll do something like pound your fist on the table or let out a long, exasperated, sigh-grunt thing. This is silly, childish behavior. It's loud, and it really makes no sense, but it might as well be the sound of a bell ringing before a boxing match because somehow we all know what it means. It means we are about to fight. Some people don't like fights, and I'll agree that they're unpleasant and I wish they didn't happen, but they're real and they do happen. Frankly, I think the wrong thing to do is avoid them. If we're at the point of fighting, it's because being socially compliant isn't enough to quell our issues. And that's fine. Not all issues are quellable. But when we fight, we're finally really being honest. We're no longer being compliant. There's no social facilitation. We've had it. Our brain goes into caveman mode and then we just let it rip. For a brief period of time, you are only concerned about how you feel and your goal is to get it all out and be heard no matter what decibel level is needed to do so. It's pretty selfish, but you've busted the status quo and that's the most important part. But let's not forget, you've also given the other person permission to break out of their socially compliant habits. And this is why you can finally really be honest with each other. Now the secret to fights is to make sure after this initial explosion, that you calm down. You've broken the status quo, but you'll have lost everything if you can't chill down back to normal levels. And a good red flag of an unhealthy relationship is not being able to chill out after a fight. But what'll happen is you'll get everything out, then they'll get everything out, and then you'll probably throw in a little bit more, and then this keeps going back and forth for a little bit. Now that everything's out in the open, the adrenaline is worn off, You might get those shakes, or you might cry a little, but in the very least, you'll feel weak, and now, the real communication begins. Your significant other has a better understanding of what you don't like, and what it is that they do. And if they elected to fill you in on some of their grievances, which is fine for them to do, you owe them that courtesy for blowing up in the first place, but now you also have a better understanding of your significant other. So here's the very last part. Now that everyone's calm and you have information to work with, you get to rebuild. You have your things to do, they have their things to do, And now you can get to work. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: So you prefer the old fight kind of as a... uh, You just take it on, things blow up, we exhaust each other, and
2: then we talk. I've, in not just like like relationships, just any sort of family sort of thing, I found that fights... Even though they're really kind of unpleasant afterwards, There's that's a like kumbaya moment. sort of, sort of, and and not necessarily a like touchy feely kumbaya, like oh I'm sorry yeah. for yelling and getting really excited, it, my bad, no, no my bad, no, we still kind of like really want to like bite each other, like yeah. like siblings kind of thing, Healthy like biting. oh oh yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll still hit each other or something, but we're, we're, we've gotten the initial like energy, Ugh! we've gotten that out real fast, yeah, and then we're kind of like okay, let's let's backtrack, okay, well now that I said that. Could you not, or could, do what yeah. and then, you know. Well,
0: and interesting, your theory seems to be great if you're married to a fighter.
2: Absolutely, no, that is key. So if you're married key. to somebody that,
0: like, hates anything like that because it's tension and that feels like there's no peace, and if there's no peace, then that means... I'm going to have a hard time relating and trusting you. That might be a different. So I bet you bucks that's what our great doctor is going to talk about: Most how definitely. to manage the emotion. Because all the it seems like to you, and fighting may even be a weird word for it. It's just more you like an argument, at a least confrontation. Presentation. Yeah, it gets going. It gets it going. It gets the energy starting to come out. But I guess it could be a problem if you're married to somebody that doesn't like that, because then she'll shut down. Or if you're married to somebody that's really stronger than you that just takes you out. Just takes you to the shed.
2: It just says, "Okay, it's fighting time." (laughs) You know what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Then you're in trouble. So we're going to instead. It's great advice. uh, And again, for all of you that that like a good argument, that you know, follow Bryce's advice, or let's talk to Jamie Turndorf. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Doctor Jamie Turndorf, also known as Doctor Love. She's going to help us figure out how to have a healthier. You know, conflict resolution approach, how we can learn to talk through things and, uh, and really get down to the, the real issue. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with Marriage Education Day right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: Want more from BYU Radio? Then like us on Facebook for updates, behind-the-scenes information, and more. And once you're there, let us know what you think. Give us feedback on shows, ask questions, and connect with our
0: BYU Radio listeners and with our show hosts. Just find BYU Radio on Facebook, like us, and talk about good. And as always, thank you for listening to BYU
4: Radio.
7: Wonderful places, we have a specific spot that... uh, I had something happen there, or an epiphany, that I want to bring up as a topic of discussion. Oh no, your epiphany (laughs) Scare me to death. (laughs) Traveling with Eric Dowdle on Sirius XM
1: 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Attorney General Eric Holder is sidestepping many lawmakers' questions today surrounding the Associated Press phone record seizure. Instead of providing specific information on the collection, Holder instead held he was not involved with the subpoena. White House officials urged Congress to revive legislation to protect journalists and their sources today. As the outrage over the AP record seizure continues to grow, the bill being supported will help balance national security needs against the public's right to the free flow of information, according to one administration official. The man accused of kidnapping three Cleveland women and holding them captive in his home for over 10 years will plead not guilty, according to his lawyers. Ariel Castro's defense says the media has portrayed him as a monster before the whole story is told. A New York judge has given his approval to try a New Jersey man who has confessed to the 1979 Eton Pates murder. At the time of his disappearance, Pates was just six years old. NASA's Kepler spacecraft, which is currently in orbit searching for other Earth-like planets, has run into mechanical trouble. After spotting two potentially habitable planets last month, officials are now concerned emergency repairs have only a 50 percent chance for success. O.J. Simpson was on the witness stand appealing for retrial of his 2008 armed robbery conviction today. The former NFL star says his lawyer's bad legal advice is what got him convicted in the first place. In world news, Israeli military leaders say they may strike targets inside Syria again in order to keep dangerous weapons out of the hands of Hezbollah militants. Syrian leaders have responded to the threats with a promise to retaliate if attacked again. France has slipped back into recession after the entire Eurozone economy shrank more than expected in the first quarter of the year. It's the first decline for France in four years. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here talking to you today about marriage education. Don't you find it ironic that you have to go to months of classes to learn how to drive a motor vehicle or a boat in some cities or to have a gun or um, a motorcycle's license or if you want to drive a semi-truck? You have to go through all this training. However, to get married, nothing. Nothing. So a lot of churches, a lot of organizations have been getting um, into what's called marriage education. They've been creating workshops that they ask their parishioners or their members to go through before they get married. There's there's some great programs. One's called Retrovi, which is in the Catholic Church, I believe. They teach it. It's pretty much a, re- a, rec- a, requ- a requisite. Before you get married, you need to go through a class where you learn about conflict resolution. You learn about these things. The number one killer— of people in a relationship, it's usually not the topics we're fighting about. So it's not the money or the intimacy or sex. It's not about kids. It's not about your job. The number one killer is our inability to get through an argument without some resolution or to understand each other. So we've asked our guest today, Jamie Turndorf, Ph.D. She is the author of Till Death Do Us Part, Unless I Kill You First, a step-by-step guide for resolving relationship conflict. And another book, Make Up, Don't Break Up, Dr. Love's Five-Step Plan for Reconciling with Your Ex. She's the host of a popular radio show, Ask Dr. Love, and she's also the creator of the website AskDrLove.com, which has thousands of free articles um, about relationships. So you can go check that out, um, AskDrLove.com. But we welcome Dr. Jamie Turndorf with us today. Jamie, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for being with us. I'm happy to be with you. This is a big deal this conflict, isn't it? It's it's not going away and yet so many of us shy away from it so much.
8: Why do you say that?
0: Cuz no. it's scary. <laughs> Have you noticed?
8: <laughs> you know, I always say that you know we should go to love school, but really I should amend that to fighting school because yeah. love and hate are blood relatives, and your love is not going to survive unless you learn to manage the inevitable conflicts that arise in right?
0: relationships. So, what do you think? Okay, answer this because I—if I hear this again, I'm going to just go crazy. What do All you right, say? I, you to go crazy. I know, fix this for me. What do you say about the person that that you know at their wedding dinner? Someone stood up and gave some advice and said, "Never go to bed angry."
8: Well, you know that. Sometimes, if you can't be constructive, it's better to go to bed angry. Go to your separate corners.
0: Yeah, and take a break. Take a
8: break. If you can't be constructive, if it's only escalating more and more, you do not want to say or do something you're going to regret, because I always say relationships are like rubber bands. They can only be stretched so far before they snap, Mm -hmm. and you can't put a rubber band back.
0: That's That's so true. And as they stretch, the tension... Gets tighter and tighter, and more bad things can happen.
8: Right, right. And, you know, people have this idea, you know, it's the cathartic model in psychology. Oh, I'm going to just take my, my anger and I'm going to dump it on your head. I'm going to take a poop on your head. I feel better. But I always say, whatever you say and do, boomerangs back on you. Right. And while it may feel good in the moment to get your rocks off on someone, on the rocks is where your relationship is going to end that's up. That's
0: exactly right, isn't it? And, and, that, and that's, a, that's a big part of this conflict problem is... It's, it's the emotion management, isn't it, that's so difficult?
8: Right, because conflict is, you know, most people use the word conflict and anger inter- interchangeably, but as you know, conflict is just a state of disagreement. It's inevitable in relationships. The conflict isn't the problem. It's what you do with the angry feelings that usually accompany conflict that is often a problem.
0: Right. Tell us, um, I mean, it really, it can't be as simple as just, it's just, you can't just sit and talk, can you? I mean, so many of the people I work with, it just it blows their mind when I say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to teach you to like, suspend some of your emotion and, and hold it in check, and then we're going to show you how to, to actually have a conversation. And they just can't believe that that's possible.
8: Right. You know, I I always use the example of, you know, when you're a little kid, you can't control your bowels. You feel like you have to poop, you make a poopy. Well, it's the same with your negative feelings. You have to learn to sit on it hold it back, and then transform the raw poopy into constructive communications that you know are going to benefit not only you, but also the other person and your relationship. So it's developing impulse control, the ability to control yourself. It's a muscle that gets stronger with practice. The more you train that muscle to bear the emotional weight and not just release and dump, You get stronger and it's a discipline that you develop and you can do it.
0: And and again, it's not something that you sit in school and learn. You've learned your no, times tables, I mean, but you, you haven't have learned this impulse control necessarily.
8: To learn impulse control and I always say when you go to a gym, at first your muscles are very weak and you can't bear bear any weight. Well, it's the same with bearing emotional weight. At first you don't have the impulse control, but if you say to yourself, I am going to sit on this and I'm not going to deliver any raw rage to my partner or my kids or my friends or my family members as you bear that weight, you learn to get stronger muscles and to, to, to not just dump raw stuff on anybody. I and love a, that. You practice. You practice, you get better.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, I guess we fall into some traps then when it comes, because, I mean, a lot of people uh, it just kind of believe strongly that, hey, I just need to be able to vent. Can wrong. a guy not vent?
8: It's wrong because, as you know, feelings have a kind of contagious effect there's a flooding that goes on. You know, we used yeah. to think, if I vent, I'm going to get to the bottom of my bo- emotional barrel. It's not <laughs> even true. The research shows us now that the more you rage, the more angry you get. So it's the opposite. You don't vent. You make more anger in yourself. And, of course, in the venting, you're leaving bad feelings behind in the ventee, and that person is going to pay you back, yeah. which is going to beget more anger There's and a- more venting. It's a the- venting. It,
0: it is, and it's a it's a terrible cycle. There's a great quote that says, "Emotion hijacks meaning."
8: There you go. That's because great.
0: the emotion, I mean, it, it rides it, and then the meaning all gets distorted by you and them. So we're not getting clarity. We're just right. getting. We're actually just getting more and more confusion.
8: Right. I always use this image of an imaginary mental sieve, and you want to filter through this imaginary sieve all the raw feeling, all that guck goes through the sieve and you don't deliver any of that raw feeling to anybody. And then, as you use this imaginary sieve and you filter the raw feeling, then you're going to convert and transform that raw anger into communications that you know are constructive. For you, the other person, and the relationship. And if it's only good for you, but it hurts the other, it's going to hurt you in the end too.
0: Yeah, if it's one sided, it's that's the that's the rubber band. There you go. If you're pulling the rubber band one sided, it's eventually going to flip back and get you. It's going to get you. you.
8: Whatever you say and do, boomerangs back on you.
0: Isn't that so true? I mean, it seems so obvious. What's the deal with the emotion? I mean, it also seems to me, and what I talk to my clients about is that. We don't have a clue what half of this emotion is even about.
8: Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because what I talk a lot in my book "Till Death Do Us Part" unless I kill you first. And actually, I'm re-releasing the book. Oh, are you? Under "Fighting for Love," That's it's good. going to be an expanded edition, and yeah. so and I'm going to do webinars at the site. So, people oh, great! Are able is, to interact. Is with
0: this people. at the site um, uh, askdoctorlove.com? Yes. Okay.
8: And so, what I always say is. Ninety nine percent of what we're reacting to is unconscious. We don't even realize. Why are you blowing an emotional gasket? Here, here's a good example. Uh, A husband and wife are sitting at the dinner table, right? Yeah. And it's Tuesday night, which is chicken night, (laughs) and the husband says, "Oh no, not chicken night again!" And she blows a gasket. You don't like my chicken? Go stuff my chicken. She's going crazy. She doesn't even know why fireworks are going off inside of her. Right. Because the unconscious mind is constantly comparing present day events with the wounds we suffered as kids. And so what happens is I call this the emotional lake effect. We're literally dipping into the reservoir of the unconscious and dredging up all the pain of similar past experiences. Yeah. And then all that intensity creates fireworks inside you over a small little event in the present, and you're literally venting mountains and mountains of rage that's not even meant for your partner. It's coming from your parent that you were mad at, and you don't even know it's happening. Yeah. It's happening on an unconscious level. So you know if you're going crazy and you're blowing a gasket and you're getting very intensely reactive over a very small triggering event, you know you're actually reacting to all the emotional injuries of childhood, and your mind is dredging all that up.
0: And it feels so real to you today. The, all that, I mean, it feels real because it's, so bi- it's biochemical, so all the feelings nice. are there. And then nice. what you do is, you don't you just hang, that's where you start hanging the stories on it. Well, you're you're rude.
8: You're the antichrist. It's all your fault, and it's really the baby inside you that's still carrying the old scars from childhood that aren't healed. That's dumping all this mountain of poop on your partner, and we'll talk about heating the climate, right? Right. Right. Getting more fighting, and. So whenever you feel yourself getting crazy like that, it seems disproportionate. You can't shake the feeling. It's lasting more than a day. You know that some old scar from childhood is afoot, and you've got to step back and do your emotional homework and say, wait a minute, what is this reminding me of? What did he say or do, and how does that connect with my history? Ah, why I got so upset about the chicken is because my dad was always critical of me.
5: Yeah.
0: I
8: could never do anything right. Oh, that's why I'm reacting, You know,
0: isn't that interesting? And then all of a sudden, it's it's an echo of the past. There it's an go. emotional actually, echo.
8: The echo process. The yeah. echo process. Oh, so really? You yeah. Totally read my mind. I didn't right.
0: know that. Oh, that that's what I've always called it. Is just it's an emotional echo that right. you kind of formulated into your own little script or schema, and it's subconsciously firing. It's I I love that approach. Um, Because, in a weird way, it takes it out of you. It's not personal. You're not doing, you're not even driving this game. You're just reacting to a history.
8: Right. And the beautiful thing is, this is what my method is all about so that you can actually help each other become healing agents to each other because then if you're able to make the link up to when you were injured as a kid now you can help your partner to become your healing ally and say wow this reminded me of what my dad did or what my mom did and then your partner instead of being your enemy is your ally oh let's talk about that let's work that through yeah See,
0: well see and instead we're offended like no way are you yelling at me because i made one comment about your chicken
8: well because you you know it's a it's a dance you have to start to take ownership of your own old scars and when you feel yourself getting hot under the collar i explain how you can go and uh um, reflect and strip away the overt content of the current fight this yeah. is how helps you solve conflicts. And I'm not talking about getting naked either.
5: Yeah, well, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) You
8: find what your old scar is, and then you can actually talk to your partner in a calmer way, and your partner can work with you to become actually a healing figure instead of another critical person. And if you yell at your partner, he or she will become another critical reminder, another repetition like your parent. Well, the minute
0: you yell at him, you put them into their reactive past. And it's game on. Good stuff. Right. We're talking with Dr. Jamie Turndorf here. You can find Dr. Turndorf's site, askdrlove.com. You can also, when you go there, you can check out um, some of her books. She's got a, a, a lot of great just information on the site, tons of articles. But her book is Till Death Do Us Part, Unless I Kill You First, A Step-by-Step Guide for Resolving Relationship Conflict. Dr. Turndorf, we're going to take a break. Come back and uh, get into this a little bit more. I'd love to figure out how we actually train our brain to like not to not overreact in this moment. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: A mission to Pluto turns into cosmic dodgeball when scientists discover new moons on the way to their target.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: Pluto wasn't discovered until 1930, and we're still learning new things about it, including the fact that it's not at all alone out there. No, Pluto has a posse, and just this year, we discovered a fifth moon orbiting Pluto. That moon was completely unknown when New Horizons blasted off in 2006, The original flight plan assumed a course skimming closely between Pluto and its largest moon, Charon. But only now do we know it's heading into a cosmic dodgeball game with five moons, many smaller chunks of ice and rock, perhaps even a ring system around Pluto. After an almost 11-year flight, is the mission doomed even before it can get close enough for a good photo op? And maybe the new finds are a good thing. Can the mission be updated to also get data about these latest discoveries? The mission planning team has less than a 1,000 days to try to master the orbits of the new objects, adjust course to avoid debris clouds, and steer new horizons to play dodgeball between Pluto and Charon, which is about the size of Texas. That's going to leave a mark. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
3: From demolition derby to the luck of the Irish or surviving in prison, no one brings you the range of stories quite like Kim Powers Stilson. On her show, Talkworthy, she discusses topics that cover the spectrum of curiosity. Catch the interviews with Kim on her show, Talkworthy, which airs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good.
0: Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about conflict in your relationships, conflict in your marriage. And uh, really, there's no way around the mountain. You can try to avoid it. You can try to just hammer through it and crush your partner and win the debate. But in the end, if you want the relationship to last, we've got to figure out a way through the process together. And we're talking with our guest, Dr. Jamie Turndorf. She is the author of Till Death Do Us Part. Unless I Kill You First, A Step-by-Step Guide to Resolving Relationship Conflict. She's actually rebranding that. Uh, Dr. Uh, Turndorf, what's the new name of that new book?
8: It's called Fighting for Love.
0: Fighting for Love, which is, you know... From
8: conflict to connection in 10 simple steps.
0: Love it. Fighting for Love. And um, you you also, you know, you have a great website with thousands of free articles at AskDrLove.com. Because the funny thing about this, it seems so foreign to people how to have a conflict that actually works, yet the the, the research is pretty clear and it's all pretty basic, really. hmm I mean, this isn't brain surgery, yet it's so hard for us, isn't it?
8: Well, because, you know, I talk about controlling the urge to gratify yourself mm-hmm. because there's a sick kind of gratification people get out of dumping on each other. Yeah. Having to hold your impulses back is frustrating. So it's really like psychological toilet training.
5: Yeah.
0: It, and you know? it, it, it really, and it's, it's funny. If we can teach a little toddler to yeah. go to the bathroom, then we can teach an adult to not just dump all their, their stuff all over each other and actually learn and communicate.
8: Right. And even though, you know, I have a, a friend, actually, she's my godmother, who said to me, Jamie, nobody wants to hear what you're saying. Nobody wants to control his or her behavior. You know, you're just yeah. preaching preaching to 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 dead air. You know, and I'm thinking this isn't true. Because, you know, I've had, you know, three million hits a month in my site, and I was the first relationship advice site on the web. So obviously there are people out there who want to hear what I'm saying, you know. And I get letters, your methods have changed my life, have saved my relationship, worked with, you know, my kids. So there are people out there who want to evolve.
0: No, I I think, and you know what, don't you think it's the age of evolving, right? It's time that we... We pick these skills up and learn them. It, it, you can't keep just remarrying, trying to find a better person that will take your dumping.
8: Yeah, really, because it just you can leave, and you're just going to move your problem to the next relationship. Exactly, follow you because you go wherever you go, there you are.
0: <laughs> there you are. So you tell know? us how to train our brain. How do we train our brain to fight, or to like suspend? I guess you're calling it. Um, oh, I love the word. Uh, I wrote it down. Raw rage to kind of hold back your raw rage.
8: Well, what what I first of all, one of the things I say is, you know, everything works integrally. That's a hell of a word. That
0: is a hard word to deal with.
8: I, I said it, but I don't ask me to say it again. <laughs> you know, you've got to when you're healing your old scars, as I explain how to do in my method, in the book, and the webinars that are going to come. As you heal your old scars, guess what? You cool down your emotions because baby feelings are very intense Mm -hmm. so I, I help you heal the old scars I show you how to do that and I also show you how to heal you know your brain's distortions because the baby brain and all these emotions that are flooding you make you not see and hear the world around you accurately you're distorting so I have this five step process to help you see and hear what's coming at you correctly okay First step is, I call it hold your horses. With this, when you start feeling fireworks going off inside you, you know, uh oh, some kind of old scar is afoot. I'm overreacting. Don't say or do anything. Don't react, right? Right. And, and the second step is take a step back in time. Here, you literally are going to go back, and you're going to ask yourself, what does this current triggering event? Remind me of from my childhood. You know, in the first segment, we talked about the chicken yeah. and how, uh, is it Tuesday night already and I'm going ape over this? But what does that remind me of? Come up with an early memory. Oh, what was happening? Who was saying and doing what to me? Okay? Right. Now, you take a hard look at reality, this is the third step, and you ask yourself, is there even a 1% chance that I might be misreading my partner, my sister, my brother, you know, whoever it is that you're going at it with? Could I be wrong? Is it possible I might have misinterpreted? 1% chance, okay? Then, step four, go back to that person and check out your suspicion and say, did you really mean you hate my chicken recipe?
5: Clarify, yeah.
8: Right and then then your partner can say no I love all your chicken parts your legs your thighs your breast <laughs> right
0: you like it all
8: right and then step 5 smooth any ruffled feathers <laughs>
0: chicken feathers That's like it. yeah make it up make make good
8: Right, and then, you know, you have a chance to process it, and I always, I talk in the book, Till Death Do Us Part, I show you how you can literally use the relationship, your intimate relationship, for its most divine and highest purpose, which is to help you heal these old scars that are making you get so hot under the collar, and you can be healing agents to each other, and be loving to each other.
0: I love the idea of a healing agent. I mean, the Bible even talked about that we're like a helpmeet. You know, Adam and Eve were like help meets for each other and help us heal, help us meet each other. I mean, I love healing agent is such a great way to see your partner.
8: And it's so true because if you think about it, unconsciously, you picked this person because you knew you were going to get into it. You knew that person was going to remind you of your mother or your father. You knew you were going to restage your original trauma. And now this is where most couples get bollocked up because instead of being healing agents, they just are flooded with all the hate and the hurt and the anger that they felt as a child. And then they dump that, all that on their partner mm. and the intensity of the emotion is so strong that the marriage or the relationship can't survive and they break up.
5: Yeah.
0: I mean, it you know. seems like, it, Oh, it's such a big deal, isn't it? It seems like, Is it possible? I I can just see like a husband, for example, putting his foot in his mouth, watching his wife get mad about the chicken and just saying, oh, man, your Um, parents messed you up. Your parents are horrible and and really like kind of making this about that your parents messed you over and, and missing the deeper point here.
8: Yes, yeah, so here's where, if you're both conscious and you're on the path together, you know, and you're both following my method together, yeah. then you're you're taking turns being the grown-up, if you want. Yeah. But so when you see somebody losing it, then instead of getting defensive, the, rec- the person on the receiving end of the, the fit will say, wait a minute, what did I remind you of? Yeah. You know, talk to me. Who did I remind you of right there? And now I'm there helping you. To really say, well, you know, it does remind me of the way my dad put me down and made me feel so stupid. So you have that higher understanding because you know that if someone's reacting this intensely and you know each other's stories, which you should be sharing. Yeah, after years especially, yeah. You know, we know so many couples that, that they come in for couples therapy, know nothing about each other's stories. Mm-hmm share your stories share your pain so that then when you have these sticking points your partner can say wow did i remind you of your mom just there oh, oh, that's not what i you see so you're working together
5: mm.
0: is it possible um, that that we don't know what the issue is like is it possible yeah. deep inside of us that i can't go back and find the pain like i don't really know the pain yes
8: i actually in until death do us part I have a list of old scars, and it basically, it's a list of every way that all of us get screwed over in our childhood. Yeah. It's human condition. And then I show you how that old scar resurfaces. Okay in your adult relationships so you can actually trace it back and decipher it it's like for example if we're always fighting about you don't give me enough sex wait a minute let's trace that back what's an original scar that often resurfaces as you're not giving me enough sex well sex to the unconscious mind is love emotional feeding who starved you as a kid yeah you see what i'm saying totally right
5: i mean so, so it's I help yeah. you
8: because very often what happens is The overt content acts as a smokescreen, and it blinds you so that you don't know what the real thing is that you're reacting to. So I show you in the book and with my method how you can trace it back and say, wait a minute, that's what I'm really feeling, and this is what happened. And it's a process of discovery and awakening.
0: See, I I think it's so needed, and plus what it does is it, it kind of gives you almost an immediate break that you can put on the emotional reaction, and right. and it's almost like you get to, to it's like at a like at a uh, an amusement park where you'll see them take a one of the cars off the track, and to to just see that you can you know what you don't have to ride the track you can just lift off the track and and just and just stop for a second just hold right. still and right. let let the track kind of be let everything else pass by, and then let's go evaluate it.
8: Right. So sometimes I'll use the image of, imagine yourself being an eagle that's sitting in the corner with this bird's eye view, looking down upon yourself, your partner, and the experience that's happening. So you're taking a little psychic distance, which also helps you cool it down. This is your observing ego, that part of the psyche that can watch you. And if you can do that, that's already going to help you get some space, some emotional space, some ability to analyze what's going on. And that's
0: a discipline, too, that we develop this is a lot of discipline yes and and again that's why it's that's why you need the education on it you need to know it exists instead of just saying we're just not right for each other
8: no in fact if you're getting caught in these kinds of fight traps then you are perfect for each other because you actually trigger each other the way nobody else will meaning you're Ripping off the scabs of each of your mutual old scars.
0: Mm. Sounds your gross, but actually scuttering. healthy. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, I love that. It so there's feel. hope. There's hope if if you're causing this friction. It's a sign yes. that you could be a healing agent.
8: You were made. You were brought together to be a healing agent. Yeah, this other. is
0: the perfect one.
8: Nobody is going to trigger the other better than you will, because you are so much like my dad. I didn't work it out with, or my mom. I, did, you know. Yeah. So nobody will get to me like you will. And if we divorce, I'll make sure I do find someone again, just yeah, like the parent. Just I like didn't work exactly. With. Take care of your business. That's you right.
0: Know? We're talking with Jamie Turndorf, uh, PhD. She is the. Uh, The Love Doctor, and you can go to her website, askdrlove.com, thousands of articles there, plus your eBooks, everything, everything, videos, everything you can imagine, great place to check that out, plus she's got a new book coming out, Fighting for Love, and another book that she's already had out, actually two or three, Till Death Do Us Part, Unless I Kill You First. Those are some great books to look at. We're going to be back with Dr. Jamie Turndorf after this break, and we're going to get into How to stop or heal some of those scars from your childhood. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: Can't get enough BYU Radio? Then follow us on Twitter at BYU Radio. Get up close and behind the scenes with our programming, guests, shows, BYU sports, and more. BYU Radio. Talk about good. KBYU FM HD2
1: Provo. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Attorney General Eric Holder sidestepped many lawmakers' questions today surrounding the Associated Press phone record seizure. Instead of providing specific information on the collection, Holder instead insisted he was not involved with the subpoena. White House officials urged Congress to revive legislation to protect journalists and their sources today as outrage over the AP record seizure continues to grow. The bill being supported will help balance national security needs against the public's right to the free flow of information, according to one administration official. On top of working to resolve the AP scandal, Obama administration officials have now released emails detailing how the attack on the U.S. embassy in Benghazi, Libya, was handled last year. The emails also show how talking points were edited multiple times, removing mentions of possible terrorist action. Lawyers for the accused Cleveland man who supposedly kidnapped and held captive three women for over a decade will plead not guilty on his behalf. Ariel Castro's defense says the media has portrayed him as a monster before the whole story is told. A NASA spacecraft tasked with searching stars for planets similar to Earth has developed mechanical issues. Officials say planned emergency repairs only have a 50 percent chance of success. O.J. Simpson was on the witness stand appealing for a retrial of his 2008 armed robbery conviction today. The former NFL star says his lawyer's bad legal advice is what got him convicted in the first place. In world news, Israeli military leaders say they may strike targets inside Syria again in order to keep dangerous weapons out of the hands of Hezbollah militants. Syrian leaders have responded to the threats with a promise to retaliate. France has slipped back into recession after the entire Eurozone economy shrank more than expected in the first quarter of the year. It's the first decline for France in four years. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here and uh, talking to Dr. Jamie Turndorf, who you can find at AskDrLove.com. Today we're talking about conflict and some of the skills, the tools to deal with conflict, the importance of noticing the the fight, noticing what's happening to you, and uh, understanding that this is a choice. You're going to have to use some discipline on this. Also, understanding that a lot of your your present day fights are an echo from the past. It's a it's a past scar, a past pain that is just popping up and is now being acted out in your current day life. Is that right, Doctor Jamie? You got it. Kind of like a
8: splinter of the soul.
5: Ooh, yeah, the
8: past is just constantly working itself to the surface. Your psyche is begging you to attend to these infections, these emotional scars. And heal them. And when they heal, that's the beautiful thing about my method. I show couples how to heal the old scars together, and they are blissfully happy. I'll never forget uh, a couple that I saw maybe five years ago. They had been in a war for thirty years. He was a famous doctor, mm. and she came in and she said, "I'm I'm ready to divorce." She was crying. He doesn't listen to me. I try to talk to him. He withdraws. And that's what I talk about. The number one cause of Marital and relationship conflict divorce and domestic violence is the way men withdraw from conflict, yeah and so I explained to her that even though you think you've told him what's bugging you, he hasn't heard you once because you're yelling at him and you're complaining, and the result is he goes into what's called cognitive shutdown or the fight flight response right. he doesn 't see he doesn't hear, and he um, he he just sat there looking you know deaf dumb and blind no hablo ingles feeling yeah. on his thigh. so I said look just don't trust him but for once tell him how you feel using my X Y formula what he did how you feel be calm and she did and he burst into tears and he said I swear to you I never heard you before but I hear you now. And I will change. And I got a call from them about a year ago saying they're blissfully happy, hmm. have been for the last five years, and there it is.
0: And, and that's, the, that's the healing. I've seen the same thing where, where they finally get it. And, right. it's, and, and it's not even just that finally he pulls his head out and gets it. It's, it's that she also delivered it finally in a way he could hear it, and cool. he was present enough to, have, to be there
8: you know I talk again and again the way a woman don't forget women get really mad at me about this but we are the emotional overseers and the emotional maintainers mm-hmm. okay so it's how you kick off that discussion that's going to determine whether he hears you or whether he's running for the hills right. and, you know I talk about the three ways that all men withdraw from conflict this is universal the most obvious way is they physically leave the room or the house Right. Yeah, right but they also verbally flee. Here they're making excuses, escaping responsibility verbally. And then they also psychically flee. Where They're sitting here, but they are mentally gone. Right. Their mind is out to lunch. Women not understanding this think oh he doesn't care enough about me to just listen and understand me so she gets hurt her hurt turns to anger but as she cranks her emotional thermostat to the max she unwittingly sets off more of these reactions these tendencies more right. withdrawal, and this is how all relationship fighting is born so what i say to women is you must cool down your communications because if you don't you are going to be sending him fleeing in one of the three ways I said.
0: Well, so he's wired, right? He's this. wired to fight or flight. And yes. flight's the yes. easy one. When, when, I mean, historically, three or four hundred years ago, he just would have hit her with a club.
8: That's right. Well, it's like I say men's bodies are hardwired to be hyperreactive to stress and danger. hmm this wiring dates back to prehistoric times when men were hunters and they needed to react with lightning speed to flee or to fight dangerous prey. Right. Modern danger is no longer the ferocious tiger. Mm-mm. It's the pissed off wife or girlfriend. Yeah. And when she comes at him baring her teeth and berating him with criticism, his body sees danger and involuntarily switches into that fight-flight uh-huh. mode. Since he doesn't want to physically fight her, he flees in one of the three ways yeah. I said.
5: I
0: mean, and, and that's... There you have it. The beginning of the ultimate fight fest, right? I mean, that is the, and it's it's so subtle.
8: So simple too. Yeah. And if you cool the climate down, my whole method is all about the ways we cool the climate down. So in segment one and two we talked about training your brain to fight for you. That cools the climate. The other way is healing your old scars. That cools the climate. And there's another way that's very important for cooling the climate, which is to identify and eliminate what I call your fight traps. Mm. These are those faulty, dysfunctional fighting tactics that everybody uses. They heat the climate and cause more withdrawal and more fighting.
5: And if you,
0: if you look at this, it's so cognitive what you're doing. You're just, you're just giving great labels, great patterns, great things to look for so that this terrain that we've been flying over in every fight, instead of thinking every time we think it's kind of new until after the fight, we're like, oh, man. We did the same thing. But you're saying if we could notice these things earlier, then right. you can actually choose to do something instead of just following the, right. the script.
8: Right. So one of the first things you want to do is identify and eliminate those fight traps. These are those faulty dysfunctional yeah. fighting tactics. I, I grouped them into open warfare and secret warfare.
5: Uh-huh. What are open those?
8: warfare is, you know, the overt screw use. you know, the name calling. Yeah,
5: name calling, characters.
0: language, yeah.
8: Downs uh, uh, sarcasm, verbal attacks, and then the secret warfare are the more subtle ways, like um, guilt tripping and whining and nagging and complaining yeah. <laughs> they heat the climate just as much even though they are secret warfare, and so the first step obviously is to identify and then ditch your fight traps yeah. because they 're going to heat the climate
0: well and what would right. what would be great is if Imagine having a great, healthy discussion where you both admit your fault traps, and and your fight, your fight right, traps, yeah. and, you get, and you could actually uh, talk about them openly like, yeah, well, I, I tend to guilt trip you a lot. And he's like, well, I name call you. I mean, if see, that could fun. be overt, how powerful is that?
8: I, that's part of my method, that you literally identify them together. You cop to them. Yeah. You know, if you're working as a team, then the team comes ahead of the individual players. If you see each other using one, you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wait, name calling. Whoa, your kitchen's sinking, you know, and I have a whole yeah. because you you know, it's like an AA, the first step. Hi, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> right. right? So Own yes, it. fight trap I use. This I is love the fight that. trap, you know.
0: Well and, and and again too, the secret, it's uh it it's only secret it's not even really secretive because we're we know we're doing it and they know we're doing it. It's yeah, just well, we, we pretend do. like it's hidden.
8: And again, you know, it's a secret way of venting, you know, taking the poop on somebody's head. getting that out. But it's, do you really, really want to take a dump on somebody's head, or do you want to have a relationship that works? Now, you know, a lot of people are not aware of the fact that they are really secretly getting mountains of anger out that was meant for their parents. Yeah on their spouses. So they don't want to give that up because I didn't get to tell my mother off or my father off so I'm going to give it all to you. Yeah. Well, you can do that, but you're going to be in divorce
0: court. Isn't that interesting? We're 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 still paying for the parents. Right. Right. Do we um I have a, does a guy t- who was telling me this today? You know,
8: he's desperately trying to work out his stuff with his father. His father always told him it was his fault. Who does he marry? A woman who constantly tells him it's all his fault. So he bends over backwards to try to please her and win her love. He's stuck in this repetition, and of course, she is hell bent on making him the Antichrist. And I keep saying to him, you know. This is not her goal. She doesn't want to collaborate with you. She wants to beat you up the way she didn't get to beat her
0: parents up.
8: What a match made in heaven. Oh,
0: it sounds like bliss.
8: Yes. I I don't understand
0: why people divorce. I know. It just goes on, doesn't it?
8: Just take the wound with you, and you know deep down you're not cooked. You're not healed. You can run, but you can't hide. You know you've got this wound
0: that's still lingering. Well, and the power of being able to heal
8: tremendous
0: with somebody else that, i mean that that was actually an agent in that healing what i mean what that does for you if we can succeed once in oh suspending this fight the next time will be easier and you the know? next time will be cleaner and every time it'll get faster and better
8: And you're more and more healed, because now, instead of feeling like your partner is dissing you, your partner is giving you the feeling you always needed to get from your parent, and you not only heal your marriage, you heal the original wound, too.
0: Right. Well, and I guess eventually it's multi-generational. Then you heal the next generation
8: right. Well, you're not passing it on. I call it your happy ending. This is your happy ending, and I help you in, in Till Death Do Us Part to identify your happy ending, which is the resolution to your wound. Well, when you know what that is, then you can verbalize that to your partner. You know, I need you to say this to me. I never heard this from my mom or my dad. Ah, now you're giving me a template to help you heal. Powerful.
0: I love, oh, I, I will- love that. Is, uh Are there any... Go, go through a little bit about the scars um, and, and and the process of maybe healing some of the scars. Is there anything more to that than, I guess, recognizing the scar, trying to identify if there is the story? I mean, do we ever need to, like, go back and talk to yeah. mom and dad or go back and close doors?
8: Well, you know— you know I, the most dramatic example I have of this is a minister or well the son of a minister who came to me because his father literally raped him in childhood Ugh. and then he went on to rape all of his kids. So, you know, he had a therapist before me who said, oh, you've got to go back to your father and you've got to confront him. Hmm. It was a disaster.
0: Right. Of course. Well, of the course. The father
8: denied it. The siblings rallied around the father. Yeah. So you don't always have to go home again. It's enough for you to know how you feel, talk about it with your therapist, with your loving partner. You don't always have to go back. And many times it's not even beneficial, no. because often the parent will get defensive. And you're not going to necessarily get the healing that you want with the parent, but you can do it with your partner. That's the divine gift.
0: Yep, that is the true catharsis, isn't it? Yes. Well, and also it seems like if I could heal with my partner on the issue, then it might make sense later to go back, because I would go back with a different spirit. I'd go back with a healed spirit instead of a contentious spirit. Right. And that might actually help my father heal or whomever...
8: Yeah, I mean, but you know, if you are healed, you're going to just deal so differently. Totally. Anyway, or walk away
0: from it. You may not need it. You just, I'm done. I'm good.
8: Or you may be able to say, you know, you might be able to rather than dredging up and laying blame and guilt trips, you might just say, wait a minute, don't talk to me that way. Yeah. So you're coming from a healed place and setting a boundary. You know. I
0: love that. I mean, who doesn't need more healing? I don't. I don't know anybody. I mean, really, it's. Uh, it's all I mean, I progress. mean, well, we think of this. We we think of um, this world. You think of the the three women they found in that basement. In where was that? Uh, the The whole story. Why you're it out? It's so horrible. I mean, but, so think of the healing that needs to be done in this world, um, and, and the process. It seems like. Is this ability we have as people to have this open dialogue that can help us create healthier tools, healthier uh, metaphors, healthier models, healthier symbols
5: of life?
8: You know, it's absolute. What what is our purpose on earth? Ultimately, we are not here to make money or how much we screwed over somebody. We're here to perfect our ability to love others better. Yeah, that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. And what and a
8: training ground for that.
0: And so marriage is that. I mean, this is that process. Is. Yeah.
8: And I mean, you know, people say, "Well, God is the third. You know, the third being in the marriage. God lives inside each of us. So as you are worshiping your partner, you're worshiping God. You're perfecting your ability to love God better.
5: Mm. That's right.
0: And instead, yeah. we we kind of mess it all up with just fight. Yeah. The exact the antithesis to love. Yes. Absolutely. Wow, you make it sound so easy, Jamie.
8: Well, you know what? I I really, I see it so clearly now.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I, I think you're right.
8: It is so easy. And so with my clarity, I'm really, really able to help the people who, you know, entrust me with the gift of working with them. I'm able to help them. Resolve. Find know, the heal. peace.
0: So uh, they should come to your website. Anybody that's listening, go to the website askdoctorlove dot com. Ask doctor dot com, and um, just a just begin if you want checking out all the the great resources. There's videos to listen to or to watch, but you mm-hmm. can also get on there and and start getting free eBooks.
8: Yeah, when you sign up with my newsletter, you get 11 free eBooks that. Help you begin the process, and also um, I have a radio show every week. You See,
0: know? yeah, it's the tools we need. We're um, marriage education. It's you can't, you really, you can't overlook it.
8: No, you know, a little bird told me a secret about you. What? Yeah, I heard that you have something to be very proud of.
0: Yes, my daughter.
8: Well, that too, but somebody told me that you achieved your doctorate this year.
0: Yeah, I got it, my doctorate. Yeah. Fantastic! I'm bad to the bone. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Honestly, it's it was a huge feat, and when you think back, I'm like, would I ever do that again? If I had to do that again, would I do that? And I thought, no. But then I thought, yeah, because my mission. It's like
8: childbirth. It is. It's exactly. I never do that again. Never. Oh,
0: but then you want that cute baby. Yeah. So that's that's the deal, and. You know, the, the coolest thing about it, I, and I, I relate so much to you, I think, Jamie, because when you see somebody finally turn to love instead of all of this anger and the stories yeah. and, and the smoke, there's no more peace on earth than that moment.
8: You know, and I was told by a psychic a year ago that my calling is to connect souls, whether they're here on the earth plane or whether they're in the spirit plane and connecting people on earth to the spirit. Where did this come from? Well, I was born three months early, and I spent the first three months of my life in a hospital. And the psychic said, you decided then you didn't want anybody to suffer the pain of that kind of disconnection. Beautiful. And it's true. I mean, this has been my life's mission. Yeah. You know, and then of course I'm raised by two parents who religiously hated each other. So <laughs> I got my PhD in conflict resolution.
0: Yeah, when you were 5.
8: <laughs> when I was I got my PhD when I was in diapers and I'll spell that P E E.
0: That's right. right. That's exactly right. Well, right. isn't that but honestly I think it takes you have to be hit like that in order to have the depth you have.
8: Absolutely. I
0: Absolutely. love it. Well, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, Ph.D., go check her out, askdoctorlove.com. Jamie, thanks so much for being here.
8: I, I really enjoyed my time with you, and I'm going to be in touch with you and have you on my show, too. I
0: would love it. Love really? to Love to be a part of that, really, and great, great insight. Check out Dr. Jamie Turndorff at askdoctorlove.com. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: Ghost implants, bioelectronics that can heal you from the inside and then vanish. Take a look before it disappears.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: Transient electronic device. That's what DARPA researchers call this new family of electronics that can be implanted in a human body and then dissolve away completely in anything from weeks to minutes. The TEDs are made of materials that dissolve in water and can be absorbed by the body. Prototypes use a sandwich of silicon, magnesium circuitry, and silk. What the devices are used for can vary, as can their lifespans. They might make fast and easy ways to wirelessly track vital signs on patients. One of the test applications is a sort of electronic wound cleaner, or a protective barrier around things like pacemakers or artificial joints. Bacteria keep evolving and adapting to antibiotics faster than new ones can be invented, but they can't learn to beat an electronic system that doesn't use chemicals. A TED implant could keep a surgical site clear of infections electronically from within, as well as track and report problems from inside the wound to doctors in their office. And when its job is done, like a ghost, it just fades away. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Dr. Matt Townsend here. We are talking um, today about, you know, relationship issues. And we're going to start a new little uh, facet to the show where we're going to start taking some um, questions from people online. Basically, Ask Dr. Matt and our own uh, Rob Sanders has put together some questions from some people on the Internet. The Internet Asks,
4: Matt Answers. Bing!
0: That's kind of my uh, working title. I like it here.
4: Profound. So, what's the question? Found a question floating out there. Comes from a couple in their mid 20s, been married about two years. Yeah. He took a job that pays really good money, but he's away in Europe 10 weeks and then back in the States for two weeks.
0: Oh, geez.
4: And she stayed here. She stayed here. Okay. The money's good. He's yep. climbing the ladder in the company. Uh, Helping support his family, they started skyping during these ten weeks to stay close. Yeah, the problem was as time went on, he noticed that his wife started to distance herself, where she wasn't really being.
5: She wasn't engaged,
4: and when he most recently came home in March for his little two-week window, they were not close at all, and uh, there was intimacy trouble. And anyway, he ended up getting suspicious and started looking at her phone and her emails and found that she's been talking with another guy. And so that's been... Was it just talking or did they go... Well, he confronted her about it. Okay. And she said, oh, we got a little, maybe a little closer than we should have, but nothing happened. Well, he dug through the emails further and and found that... uh, Apparently something had. Yeah, something had. And then he said the final straw was he found a photo in her email of this guy, her, and they have a uh, 14-month-old child. Oh, no. Having a photo together. A little photo and, op. And it just shattered him. So I, sure. He discovers that right as he has to take back off for another 10 weeks. Oh. And he's at a point now where he's saying he's due to come home at the end of the month, but he's just in shock that this would happen because his, his wife's a very normal, kind person. But he just can't believe that he'd parade this other per, you know – she'd parade this other person in front of their child. Yeah. He feels frustrated because he's been working hard to support his family. She's living off of it to you know, basically cheat on him. He's wondering if he ought to just pull the plug, get a divorce. Huh. Should he just stay abroad when his two weeks comes up, not come home? But the daughter's in the equation, so he has no okay. clue what to do.
0: So the question is then, do I divorce, stay abroad, not come home, or do I come home, face the pain – And decide what to do. Is that the question, roughly? Yeah.
4: And then if he decides to face it, what should
0: he do? Well, okay. Um, Here's the core to any time I coach somebody, I always ask, well, what are your values? Because he could everything in him would say, just stay. She's done. Just stay. Stay there. Go have fun in Europe, wherever he is. But here's, I guess, the deal. Um, I don't know that his decision right this second is divorce, because I I guess I don't know where she is on that. But if she's done, he's going to divorce anyway. He doesn't he's not going to stop the divorce. But he is a father and he apparently seems conflicted enough that he's not absolutely sure whether to stay or go anyway. So my advice would be I'd go home. And when I go home, I'm not sure you can fix it, but I would go home and I wouldn't even go home to, you know, to just face the piper and, and pay the price of all of this. What I would make sure I do when I go home, if you're going to divorce somebody, you've got to make sure you divorce them in a healthy way. This sounds kind of crazy, but we got into it earlier today with Dr. Turndorf. I can always divorce you full of anger, hate, confusion, frustration, negative, hopeless, and um, polarizing. I can always do that. My belief is I want to heal myself as much as I can before I divorce somebody. I would try to be as healthy as I could. Your wife falling away from you may not be your fault. It, it probably, honestly, is her fault. She found someone else. I, but I would go home, and I would just see, just like we talked about today on the show, is I'd see if we couldn't talk. Figure out, is there, what really happened? I would demand from my wife that she tell me, what happened here Was there something else going on before this went on? Was I missing something as a husband? Um, I need to know for my sake. And so when I work with couples, I, I pretty much demand that they end up helping each other. You've made a commitment with each other. If we're going to divorce, let's divorce. But don't let your partner divorce you not knowing what happened. Were there relationship problems before? Was he not meeting the needs before? Was she just picked up and found this guy? Or was this something that was going on before? More importantly, you're still a dad. And if you're still a dad, this this child needs your time and your attention. You not coming home is not going to help this daughter learn something healthy. This doesn't sound like a healthy way to end a relationship, And it may not be healthy because of your wife. And if it's not healthy because of your wife, then if you start reacting to an unhealthy wife and not come home, you're part of the problem. So come home, be super dad, pay a time and attention and be focused and be there. Hey, you know what else? Maybe it's time that um, you'll need to quit that job. I know that's crazy talk, but if you're gonna divorce and you're gonna still need to raise your daughter half the time, then maybe it's time you come home and create a life here that makes it so you can still see your daughter. Um, I know there's great jobs, and I know it's hard to find a good job uh, in town sometimes, but in the end, you're only as healthy as you are. And when you deal with dysfunctional people like we end up doing in our marriages, um, we, the rule I always use is you never let the most relationally challenged person lead. So I'm not sure that this guy is relationally challenged. I It sounds like his wife kind of is. She gave up on a marriage, found something better, and is already introducing a 14-month-old baby to this person. That's a little messed up. Don't let her lead that. You get home. Go talk to the woman. Go figure out what's going on. Find out what really happened. If we're going to divorce, we're going to divorce. But you don't want to do it with a lot of low character, with a lot of reactivity. You don't want to be selfish now just because she was. So uh, that's what I would do. And not perfect, but you know what? Um, Don't give up either, brother. This is a good – this is a great example for all you out there in listener land because this is more real than anything. But the principles apply. Your peace is not going to come from your partner, folks. Our peace has to come from the fact that we're principled and we're in tune and doing what we believe in our value system. So if you believe you should be a wonderful dad, regardless of how this woman is, you go be a wonderful dad, number one. Number two, don't give up on a marriage just because somebody that's messed up gave on gave up on it. Go get more information. Go home. See what they say and see if you can fix it. God bless you, brother. I hope uh, good luck on that one. That is not an easy question, and, you know, infidelity is always, always painful. Folks, that's the Matt Townsend Show. We so appreciate you joining us. This is our goal every day of the week, Monday through Friday, to give you tools, a leg up, give you some some vision, a better view of the life that, uh, that you can live, the life that we all want to live. Join us again tomorrow with more ideas, more tools, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM
7: 143 BYU Radio. If you had the chance to travel the globe every week, where would you go? Cancun, Niagara Falls. What about Yellowstone? That's what I'm talking about. There's places that you go. For example, I like Boise, Idaho. Yes. But I love Hawaii. All right, so anything like that? Because there's some places that are just so much better than others. Let's be honest. Be sure to catch Eric and his crew weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern,
2: 7 Mountain, here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.